Welcome to the Coop Tank. I'm your host, Steve Cooper. And I got to tell you, people, the gentleman on my show today, he has a, I guess it's a video cast. Uh, it's called Walking and Talking with Tim. And I did it uh, a few weeks ago. And when I went to do it, I was like, okay, this is cool. It's going to be fun. We're going to walk for like 15 minutes, you know, and talk. <laughs> and so that morning I went to Planet Fitness and I did my, uh, I did all my steps. And so I show up to Tim's house and holy crap, I'm going to tell you something. He didn't tell me that like he gives you a whole tour of Woodbury Heights. I'm walking past, it was Halloween, I'm walking past this big skeleton. I'm walking <laughs> up these hills. I thought I was going to have a heart attack. And then finally, after like 40 minutes, he goes, okay, we can do an interview now. And it was great, and I had fun. And the best thing was, I did like, I checked my Fitbit, I did like 18,000 steps that day. And uh, and it was fun, and he's been doing it, and he's sticking with it, and he's also the president of Telecorp uh, Inc. He's the president of the Woodbury Chamber of Commerce. He plays a, he plays a character, or he used to, we'll find out, at the, the at this uh, Christmas vacation setup. We're gonna talk about that. And he's just, he's also into that 75 hard, which if you don't know, is a, a very, Cool workout set. Like for me, I could be like five hard. I mean, I'd be like five days, I'd be done. But my guest is Tim Jennings. How you doing, Tim? Hey, how's it going? Good. I, I got to ask you the walking with talking. Yeah. How did how did you start that? Because you're getting some good guests, and 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 the one thing I like about it is you stuck with it. Because during the pandemic, Oof. everyone started a podcast, and then now everyone got rid of their podcast. But you got to be a few episodes in. Tell me how how where did the idea come from, and how did you get it into play? So, cool story. Um, when we started, I have over, I would say, I'm probably upwards of 60 to 70 episodes now, which is a lot. You know the deal. We're doing one a week, right? And you know how, how difficult it is to arrange all the stuff and get something going every, every week. So, it started because during COVID, I joined a coaching group, you know, The Harvest with Devin Deneuf and his crew. And... The first thing I asked him was, well, he asked me was, what do you want to work on? And that's, this is the key question to all of this stuff. He said, what do you want to work on? I said, I want to work on my health and accountability. And he said, okay, 30 walks in 30 days, make a video and post it in a group, which would, which would do obviously achieve both of those things, right? I'm accountable because I'm making a video and I'm walking, I'm getting my steps in and I'm starting to get a groove going, right? So 30 days went by, and it was great. I had a good time doing it. And uh, Devin calls me and says, yo, he goes, you should make a video every day of your life. I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, you stomp around like a pro wrestler. This is great, you know? I'm like, well, I don't know about all that, but I have a good time doing it. I have a little background as a musician and a bit on stage. I get all that. But um, the truth is it's, like, it's not something that's super comfortable for me. I talked to you about I have some social anxiety, you know? So... I, uh, most people won't believe that when I say that I have social anxiety, but this, that's that's part of you know of of this, right? So so part of what I'm doing is is pushing past that to get to the other side to get to this good stuff, this fun stuff, right? But th that's how it started, and it was kind of an innocent journey. And then the next step was I started just doing these. Um, I just started calling, walking, and talking with Tim, and I was walking around the neighborhood because it was still COVID, nobody was out. And I was by myself or with my wife, and we were going on walks, and we were talking about, you know, just things that were important. Because at the time, I think everybody was feeling really uh, closed in and closed off. And I, I think a lot of folks were just depressed and just like, Jesus, enough of this shit already, you know? So um, what I was doing was trying to send positive messages 
And then on top of that, I would do like a local shout out to a local business and say, hey, if you haven't tried this place yet, you know, give them a shot because businesses were struggling during COVID and I'm the president of the chamber as we're, you know, on the way out of this thing. And I was trying to help as best I could, not only from a perspective of, of, of you know, just people in general and having an impact on the community, but having an impact on the business, business community as well. I think that... That's what really struck me. And then one day, um, you know, nobody likes talking about. I love. I, I mean, nobody likes talking about the pandemic and the vaccines and all that crap. But here's the. This is the story. So the, the vaccines uh, came out, and I reached out to um, uh, Inspira, and I said to uh, to their CEO, I said, Hey, you know, I've been watching your productions, and I said, You know, I think I have a really great way to, to uh, reach people. You know, if you're interested in coming on. And um, obviously, I wanted to interview her anyway, but but you know, um, so I put that out there, and the first time I, I put it out, I got shot down, and then uh, I threw it back, and I said, "Listen, man, this is just a reduced essence, you know, t-shirt and jeans, no pomp and circumstance, no production crew, nothing crazy. We're just gonna go out for a walk and talk. No." No responsibility here. No, we're not doing anything crazy. This should be fun, you know? And um, she said, I'm in. And and from the day I got that email that said, I'm in, walking and talking with Tim was pretty much boring. Because as soon as that, that first video was done, um, super likable human being, Amy Mansu, super, I mean, she's just a great human being. She's a friend of mine now. I, think, I mean, she's just absolutely awesome. Um, I've had her on twice. She was my 50th, 50th episode as well. And then, um, you know, as I, as that, as that one rolled out, um, people started to respond, you know, Joe Devine, if you probably know Joe, right? I know, I know him. So, so Joe Devine reaches out around comments and says, Hey, this is a really great way to get, get a, get a message out there. And I said, Hey Joe, you want to do it? Boom. Yes. Joe was, you know, Joe was on, on, on deck and then it just kept, you know, building and building and building. And next thing you know, it just turned into this thing that I never expected would be you know, as fun and popular as it is. What I like about it is you also, you you go for good guests. We had talked about this. You know, you go for guests that you don't know if you're going to get. And and that's like when I did my, my other podcast, Cooper Talk, even this podcast, you know, luckily I knew Tony Luke. I knew Dave Raymond. You know, I know Rich Remond. I know these people. But I always thought that if you're going to do something, don't do it half-ass. Like, you know, of course you get smaller business people because you, you're part of the community. But it's like for you to sit there, it's like – at least you have the balls to sit there and go, you know what, I'm going to ask this person. And if I get no, well, you know what, if I get no, I know I can get this person. And and it's, it's funny because, you know, when you're trying to book guests, it can get very frustrating. I mean, have you gotten frustrated because you don't, you don't get a response or, mm -hmm. and, I mean, and you sit there and go, well, wait a second, you know, I just had such and such on and this person won't do it. I mean, how do you deal with that when you when you're sitting there and you're not getting a response and it's someone you really want? Like you're sitting there going, this person would be perfect. Well, I won't say who the person was that I was trying to get, but I did have somebody that I really wanted. And, you know, originally the answer was yes. And then it, it turned into, you know, I only want to do um, something over Zoom. And I said, listen, that's great. But. That's not what I'm doing, and and it's and it was a high level person, and I wasn't I'm not willing to to not do what I want to do with my format, right? Um, because as you saw, 
I have a, I have a format. I mean, there's, there's a whole program as to what I do and how I do it and how I, you know, I walked you around and I basically 20 questioned it. By, by the way, next time, if I do it again, I'm wearing my uh, workout shoes. I had Chuck Taylors and my feet, are, I had Chuck Taylors in jeans and it was humid. And I was like, holy shit. And next time I'm going to wear shorts, I'm going to wear my workout I shoes. I told you to wear sneakers, well, man. I did wear sneakers. Chuck Taylors. I didn't think I was walking a freaking half a marathon. Well, but, it's, so, it's, it's kind of how it is. But, you know, but, but to that, to that. To answer your question, yes, it you know it does get difficult. Um, I've had a lot of really cool yeses though. Like you know, I've 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 met some people out. You know, uh, I'll give you a great example. Um, so Rob Curley was on, great guy. TD Banks, one of TD Banks' finest, right? And just a super super great guy. Um, and who I've also become friends with. He's just a, just a, just a, a wonderful guy to hang out with. Anyway, so I saw Rob at a uh, golf outing, and. After the golf outing, we everybody's kind of partying and hanging out and eating and all that good stuff. And and I walk up to Rob and introduce myself because I've only met him a couple times. I don't really know the guy. And uh, I said, hey, I'm Tim Jennings. And he goes, aren't you the guy that does those those videos, whatever? I'm like, yeah, 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 it's me. You know? And I said, I instantly said, you want to do it? And he said, "Yeah, I'm in, you know." And that, and boom, you know, it's 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 weird how uh, how people know about it. They've seen it. And and it's amazing, and you probably experience this too. People who know about Coop Tank, they know about this, but yet you don't see a lot of responses, even on social media. Even though people have been listening, they've been paying attention, they know about some of the interviews, and they're like, "Oh, that was." They'll meet you and say, "Oh, I, I listened to that. It was really cool. I really dug that whole thing, man." And you're like, "Wow," you know. And you walk away going, "I wonder why they don't like it." <laughs> yeah, I, you know, it's funny. I, it's funny. Well, this is funny, and this is I was at a liquor store. <laughs> getting beers for the football game or baseball game and a guy who, or both yeah he goes he says uh coop and i'm like and he worked there and i go yeah he worked there on saturdays he loves he loves craft beer and i go i go yeah he goes do i know you he goes yeah i know you from linkedin even though we're not connected i found out he's second level and i'm like but I, you know and he said oh so now he comes to my networking group but it's just funny people do it's like people are afraid to like sometimes. I think there's two kind of likers on Facebook. There's the people that hardly ever like, and there's the people that way over like. Like, you know, and you see it and you see your name and you're like, holy shit, you just liked like 25 things in one day. Now you're kissing ass. Just stop. <laughs> but you know, it's funny because, but you're, but see for you though, like when I did your show, I had people post that, you know, that I, that don't know you. I was tagged. Guy I went to high school with, my old roommate in Burbank. They're like, oh, that was great. That was you, Coop. So people watch it. I think now it's, it's something like, I think on, on Facebook, people are more apt to comment. I think on LinkedIn, they sometimes don't want to because they're like, you know, it's weird. It's the difference because Facebook, it's more personal. Even yep. though your show really talks about business in the way that we should talk about business where you find out what the person's about like we did the whole pre-interview and i personally i don't do that because i know you but i think it's uh i think it's great but it's funny that some people don't like it but then they know you and you want to say well then like the goddamn thing <laughs> give, me a, give me a little sport you know no but yeah you, you're you're right you know i mean I, I think that um, it's hard because, you know, when we're doing this stuff, well, you and I, you know, we do the same kind of thing. We're putting so much time and effort into something that we are so passionate about, right? You know, this isn't something I'm getting paid to do. I don't monetize this in any way, shape, or form, uh, and that's important for everybody to know. Um, and look, you know, 
it, for me, it's what you just said. The fact that your old high school buddy watched it and was like, yo, that was cool. That's what it's all about. It's so much fun to hear that. And you're like, that That fires me up, makes me want to keep doing it, doing it, doing it. So I had somebody else tell me a similar story to that one that he said that um, – after he did it, he got in touch with back in touch with some some of his high school buddies or, or people he hadn't talked to in like years, and that was really cool. And I'm like, that's fantastic. Um, I did one the other day uh, about a week ago or a couple weeks ago, and the woman I interviewed she texted me the next day and said, you know, that was a really cool thing to do, and it gave me an opportunity to show not just a business person that I am, but me, but show me who I am, and that is exactly what I'm trying to do. So we start out, you know, we start out and I say, hey, you know, this is Steve with the coop tank and you talk about the coop tank for a minute or two and then it, that's done. Then it's like, yo, let's talk about Steve from the Burbank and everything you've done and all the cool stuff that, you know, your life's about and, and how you met your wife and, and how that, you know, that came about and all that really cool stuff. And you get some kind of tidbit, some kind of really cool little nugget of a story that people will go, Shit, I didn't know that. You know, I didn't know Steve did that. I didn't know he was from there. I didn't know he lived there. I didn't know he interviewed that person or whatever it may be. And that's the cool thing. You know, I interviewed Krista Collings um, from TD Bank a couple weeks ago. She saved her mom's life when she was eight years old. See, that's that's I, that's the stuff I insane. like. And, and, you know, that's like the thing when I talk to people. You know, I always say I want to I don't. If you work at a bank, we pretty much know what you do. Right. But I want to know why you do it. Like for you, okay, you were a drummer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, how does a drummer go from playing in Philly, I want to hear about your musical career, to owning a business? I mean, it's not It's not one of those things. I'm now given. Most drummers I know are very entrepreneurial. My friend Rich Redden, who plays for Aldine, has a book, Crash Course of Success, speaks. He does that. I think drummers, and I always say this, the thing about drummers, like drummers get a bad rep. Like yeah. they always say drummers are the crazy ones. But for me, drummers have to use both sides of their brain because one, their coordination is is unbelievable. Because if you just sit there and if, just sit there and try to move your arms like you're drumming, and now now you gotta move not just one foot on the bass, but one foot on the hi-hat and take it. So it's there's a certain there's a certain discipline. But you know, for you, was music instilled in you or how did you sit there and start playing music was that at a young age or did you want to go into the business at a young age i was about 11 when i when i moved to uh, jersey from pa and um my cousin dave was a drummer and uh that was the thing that struck me first you know there was there was music all over my family my uncle his father played guitar in an older band you know and and a couple of my other cousins also played music played instruments and actually like three of us were drummers but ironically, you know, um, my cousin teaches me how to play drums, and there's a, we all have, we have a, there's a band, of course, and of course he's the drummer because he's the best guy there is, right? You know, um, so what I what I ended up having to do was, um, and the entrepreneurial thing starts this way, I wanted in the band more than anything. I wanted to be in the band, right? Who doesn't who doesn't want to be in the band, right? And especially with your your cousins that you all hang out together, right? So. Um, what I had to do was, uh, I was in band in school. I was a band geek 
out there, putting it out there. So I was in, I was a band geek in school, and we had this um, this fundraiser. I think I told you the story where you know we sold candy, and I, and this is my first entrepreneurial uh, uh, experience. Um, and so what happened is the, the candy sale ended, and I said to my father, I said, I said this thing ended. I said, Dad, but I think I could, I think I could keep selling this stuff and make some money. So I said, Can you take me to Acme? He says, Yep, Acme back. Sold everything, sold all of it the next day. Again, sold all of it the next day. I said, Dad, take me to that. It was back then. It was Heritage's. They had a candy company. Remember that? So he took me there. I bought cases, three cases of candy, big ones. Sold it all the next day. I'm like, Dad, you got to take me back. We're going to buy I, 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 the mother load of candy. So I ended up getting having so much business where I had the stairwell and gateway going up the stairwell. Anybody that knows me that's listening to this is going to remember. I was dubbed as I graduated the candy man because I had to get one of those little change things on my on my my belt because I couldn't keep up. I had pockets full of dollars and big bag full of this candy. And then it was just Every day, all day. So that was my first experience, and I used that money to buy PA equipment because those guys didn't have a PA. And my brain said, at a, and, and, and literally, I'm like 14 years old or something. I forget all I was. And I thought then, I need to figure out how I'm getting in that band. So this was one of my avenues. As, I, as I'm doing this, I'm going, oh, I can buy PA equipment, and I can be the sound guy. I don't have to be in it, but I'm I'm in I'm in it, right? So I was a sound guy for a while as a young kid, and I made a lights, I made lights, I made I had sound, I had, I had it all. So I did all that as a young guy, and then as I was and I was just waiting for my moment, and I because I, I played drums and I was I was trying to be a singer too. So these guys finally the singer crapped out, and I went I want in, and I got in as the singer. And then later on in life, I I I um I was able to play for another band, it was an original band, and play drums for them, and a few little things in between. But mostly that was it, you know. I I love being in the cover band with my cousins, you know, and playing all the cover music. And we did weddings in the beginning, and we played God knows what little bars and and dives and things like that. And had a great time doing it, you know. We played. We were young. We couldn't get in bars. We played all the campgrounds down the shore, and that was super fun. You know, we used to drive down and, you know, we were kids, you know, I was 17, uh, whatever. It was all kind of fun and games, you know. So, but when we got to the um, original band scene, that was really cool because uh, the, the guy that wrote all of our songs, his name was Mark Einstein. Really cool dude. You know, Bill Hoffman, he's, him and, him and Mark are good friends now. So uh, Bill's actually been bringing information back and forth with Mark because Mark is down in Rock Hall, Maryland, and has a, 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 um, a business where he, he runs sailboats. He'll take you out and, you know, give you a trip and all that kind of stuff, take you and your wife out. Anyway, but, but Mark was this great songwriter, and he had this big following because he was a member of, uh, of the uh, Yacht Club up here. Uh, I forget what it was called, but, but he had a great following. He wrote great songs, and at the time, he was writing songs that were kind of a combination of Almond Brothers slash Bob Dylan slash Jimmy Buffett. That was like his favorite people. And, you know, and he was just this, this very, he was part of the Poet Society. So, and he was a history teacher and he was just this really interesting guy and wrote really cool lyrics. So we had a big following. So we got to the point where, you know, we were playing a little bars in Philly, like the Barbary and stuff like that. But we got to play the Chestnut Cabaret and we got so far as to, as to we actually got on a TV show. One of those, one, remember those local shows for the local bands? Yeah. So we got on one of those, but we were original band. 
You know, that was kind of cool. Everybody, we got, you got a little video played, and then they interviewed us, and they interviewed Mark, really. And um, it was fun. And then right after that, you know, you get to that next level where you get to open for somebody. You know, so we got to open on a Friday night at the Chestnut Cabaret for this guy named Colin James, and you know who that is, right? He was in Argent, you know? Hold your head right, up. Right, right. Boo! You know, so anybody out there that doesn't know, that was the song. Anyway, so this dude, coolest dude ever, he's like a, 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 a he was like a little Stevie Ray Vaughan. Guy was an amazing guitar player, and he jumped up on stage, and it, I thought I was watching Stevie. It's just in a different body, you know? Like, he, the guy could wail, he could sing. It was just a really cool... Really cool band. But unfortunately for him, that night, I don't remember who it was, whether it was Bon Jovi or Bruce Springsteen. Somebody was playing Philly, and nobody was around. Lucky for him, we had a really cool following, and we sold like 200 tickets. And he was he was super appreciative. My favorite part of the story is we're backstage, and we're setting stuff up, and I'm setting my drums up, and the, and the sound man comes up, and they're helping me, which no one's ever helped me before. You know the deal. So uh, the guy goes, hey, where do you want your monitor? I said, dude, you can put that anywhere you want because I've never had one. So, you know, whatever you want to do. Because I sang all the, all the backup vocals. So, you know, that was, that was the fun of all that and playing in Philly. I had a great time, and, you know, I miss it a lot. You know, I really do. We talk about it, me and my cousin these days. Whenever we get together, I'm like, when are we going to start playing again, man? You know, and we're in our fifties now. It's like, you know, do we start again? You know. <laughs> well, you should. No, but, no, but as you were doing this, though, was that your only job, or were you working another job? Because you know, when you were playing drums, was that? No, 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 no. So, the <laughs> uh, funny thing is, I started out in um, the HVAC business. I was an HVAC tech. My brother was an HVAC guy, so he brought me in in summertime when I was fifteen and stuff, and I used to work with him. And. Uh, and then when I got out of high school, immediately I went into being an HVAC tech. So, you know, I'm the guy in the local town and the local HVAC company. And, you know, when you called and said, hey, man, um, you know, my heat's not on in my, my house or wherever. I'm the guy that's laying underneath your house in the ice puddles uh, wrapping your oil line and heat tape, you know, or, or cleaning your oil, oil burner or whatever it may have been, you know. But I did all that. And then one day I was uh, in a supply house and the guy said, you know, hey, my, my, my boss, Jack, who, who – and may he rest in peace, was one of my favorite people on the planet. Uh, old school, very old school Navy guy that was real tough on me, you know? Like, no bullshit, you know? Like, you know, go wash my truck, go clean the bathroom, do this, do that, you know? Anything he could to just to just, just work the hell out of me. And I didn't, and I loved it. I loved doing it. And I ended up, he, he ended up becoming a, pr- a pretty interesting mentor of mine. And, um, uh, it, that was the job where I walked in, he said, you know, you want to start working with a pen, you know, you know, instead of being, you know, out in the field. And I said, sure. So from that job is what really kind of allowed me to do all these other things because Jack was the coolest ever because back then, you know, as I'm not, as, as I'm 17, 18, 19 and we're playing and practicing all the time, he would go, Hey man, if you got a gig, just come here the next morning and just because I don't care if you drive here and sleep in your car, just bring a change of clothes and just go get cleaned up and go to work. And I, so I had some, I had we did some fun stuff, you know. But you know how it is when you when you have that kind of life, you're working forty some hours a week plus you're rehearsing plus you're doing jobs on you know you're playing gigs on the weekends and it's like you know. Oh yeah, I know when I when I started doing comedy, I was selling fax machines, dating myself. <laughs> The only reason I didn't sell copiers is because I had a Fiero and the copier wouldn't fit into facts. Oh, jeez. But I was also, I was working the door 
on weekends and Thursday nights at the Comedy Factory outlet in Philadelphia just because I knew that if I worked the door, I didn't have to go through the drawing to get on stage. Yeah. I had a good time. But it would suck because then you go out and like anything, you hang out with the comics after and you're bullshitting at the South Street Diner. All of a sudden it's three in the morning and you have to be in a suit at like eight in the office. But it's one of those sacrifices you make because you know you have to... It's no fun being a starving artist. You know, you want to have... You, you want to have money. I mean, that's just, you want to have a yeah. car. You know, if you're, you're a musician or a comic, you want to look cool. You want to have nice clothes. You want to drive something nice. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I, was, I was so um, enthralled with music at the time. And I think, you know, to answer your question about how's a, how does a drummer become a, a, a business owner, look, you know, I was, I was so interested and enthralled with being a musician and wanting to be in music. I used to hang out when I was too young to get in the bars outside the bars just so I could I would we would go me and my buddies would go around the back of the building especially like Dick Lee's back in the day when we couldn't get in and we would just hang out by the back door and you could hear everything so we would listen to these bands play because we wanted to know what they were playing how it sounded when they play it and all that good stuff because we wanted to be as good as they were that was the whole goal you know I mean obviously it's goal for anybody right but what gets you to something like this is, you know, um, I think I had such a love for technology. Like, I love doing sound. Like, even when I was in high school, I did sound for, like, the plays and stuff, you know, and I'd mic everything up. And I just thought it was the coolest thing. Sound, the lighting, all that stuff. And, you know, and once, and I was always playing music anyway. So it was all of it was already in me, you know. So all you have all that in you, that, 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 that go, go, go mentality. And I think the go, go, go mentality combined with music, which makes you be uh, uh, your own producer, you know, you, especially when you're doing a, in an original band, you're helping write these songs, you know. And then and then when you finally try to put all this out there to the world, now you're finding out what it's like to almost run a business because when you're trying to promote an original band, you're essentially promoting a business, right? I used to have posters hanging up. My boss was great. Let me hang everything up. All the guys that came in to buy stuff at the supply house, you know, they all knew who I was. They would come out and see us and stuff like that. You know the deal. So all your friends and your family, all the people you meet, you know, all that good stuff. That's what it's all about. And I think my love for technology and, and my go, go, go mentality, I think, is what kind of thrusted me into wanting to have my own business. So you started your business, I think, in 98? Is that when you started Telecorp? That's correct. Beginning. Okay, so what was it like when you started? When you sit there, I mean, was there a defining moment? You had this love, and you you're doing HVAC, and you had a really cool boss, a mentor. Was there something where you said, okay, now is now's the time I gotta do this? You know, was, was it something that, you know, because it's a big step, and, and you're and you're and we're always afraid of change, and that's a huge change because you know when you have your own business, you're not going to be able to be as focused on music because a business takes a lot. What was it that made you decide I want to start my first business, and what was that first year like? Were you scared? Were you excited, or a little bit of both? <laughs> well, um, yes, right, yes, yes, and yes. So a little bit of in between there. I did work for a communications company. It was a very cool company, and um, I did. That's how I got the bug for telecom. That's how we really started in telecom before we got into IT. And look, you know, um, after that, I went to work for a guy who um, <laughs> I went to work for a guy named Bill Alber, 
He owns the Albert Service Company. Now, Bill's another good friend of mine. Um, uh, I don't see Bill much, but Bill and I could get together tomorrow, and it'll be like we talked to each other yesterday. I love him. And, you know, look, you know, he's probably a big part of the reason that I, I did what I did, you know. Bill approached me one day and said, hey, what do you think of coming to work for me and, and kind of basically GMing his company and helping him out? And, and I think we had a great time doing that together. And I and Bill's Bill's only I don't want to call it weakness, but the thing he wanted to, to get out of me the most was sales. He wasn't a sales guy. Guy was an engineer, a great engineer, one of the smartest guys I've ever met, and one of the nicest guys I've ever met. But just wasn't a guy that would sit that that enjoyed sitting down at the table with you and saying, "Hey, you know, here's everything. Here's what it looks like. Here's how much it is. Can we move ahead? Like, let's just do this. You know." He, he just didn't have that piece. And, and, you know, together, I learned a lot from him. And I think he learned a lot from me. And by the time we were done, it was one of those moments where in business where, you know, we had, we had talked about me maybe getting involved in the business, become part owner, that kind of thing. And I just it just didn't work out timing wise for either of us. And in the end, I, I even made a comment one day in one of the last meetings I was in saying, you know, if I ever do this again, I'm going to do it for myself. And I think he might have heard that in, a, in, a, in the right way, you know, not in the I wasn't being sarcastic. I wasn't I wasn't disrespectful. I think he heard it the right way. And when that time came, we just we just parted ways. I mean, Bill, Bill basically came to me and said, look, you know, you know, it's not probably not going to happen yet. You know, he had other other things going on with his family and all. But it was a good thing. It was the best thing that ever happened to me. You know, him him putting that out there and, and me going, okay, I'm good with that. And then we were, we've were we been fine ever since, and we're still friends. He's actually a client of mine, you know. Uh, it forced me to to stop in my tracks and go, okay, I need to do this. And, and the funny thing is I had bought a house. I had a car, a wife. A fa- I, had, I had my first child. I mean, I had everything to get the whole ball, ball rolling. And I was not in any way prepared to do it, you know. And I'm the type of person, as you might imagine, that, you know, any entrepreneur is. I didn't care. You know, I thought, I can do this. Like, I, why not? Like, you know, without the curse in this podcast, like, why the fuck not? Why, why can't I do what these other people are doing? What's holding me back? Nothing. And, I, and even then, I don't, even, I don't even think I thought that way. I just went home to my wife and I said, so um, here's where we are. And, uh, uh, you know, and I and, and, you know, you know how things happen where they, they everything happens for a reason. As, when that happened at the very same time, I ran into an old buddy of mine. And that old buddy happens to be somebody I used to work with in the past. Also wanted to get into telecom and. Boom, My the, the business was born between him and I, sitting down talking, making a plan. We did the whole thing. We did the whole Anthony Robbins program together. And, you know, we made sure we were ready, wrote a business plan. And, you know, how do we come up with our name, that kind of thing, the whole nine yards. We, we did it all. And then and we did it all in, in, at the end of 97. And in the beginning of, of uh, 98, we just, boom, we just took off running. And look, you know, we had nothing. I think both of us took. 500 bucks off a credit card just to open a commercial account at, at uh, back then Commerce Bank. And that was it. We started in the negative. We both lived on credit cards for probably six months. 
And then things got rolling. And the next thing you know, you know, we were doing, we, we did it all. We had a shared office space uh, in, um, oh, I forget what it was called, executive, executive uh, centers. Remember that place? Yeah. Yeah. A one, green tree, one green tree center. Okay. Yeah, that was yeah. it. And uh, I loved it. But a shout out to those guys because they were awesome. We had some great experiences there. Um, I think, you know, we did all those fun things that you do when you're an entrepreneur and you're trying to get through to the next step, the next step. We had we had a virtual office. Then we had a little office. Then we had a little bigger office. Then we had to rent an actual office. And then we got to some uh, point where, you know, I got to actually buy the office, you know. Um, um, that first partner actually didn't last, you know, I only lasted the first five years, but, you know, um, and, uh, I ended up moving on to a, another. And then finally, uh, in the past six years, it's just been six or seven years. I think I forget how long it's been, but it's just been me. And, and, and I'm the most happy I've ever been because, you know, um, I get to, I get to just steer the ship but anyway. And you know what I mean? And it's, and it's been great. Um, the, this past six years has been probably six of the greatest years of my life in business because it's enabled me to, to really do everything that I feel in my heart that I want to do to run a business and create a culture that, that people want to be a part of. And I, I, I truly believe in my heart that, you know, if you don't create a culture that people like when they come to work, you know, listen, nobody loves going to work, right? I mean, give me a break. I don't care who you are. You know, nobody loves going to work, right? But you can like going to work and I think you can enjoy your job. And I think that um, I think that if you can at least offer that to people in some way, shape, or form, so they're not going to work going, Christ, I gotta go to work today. It sucks. You know? I don't want that. I don't ever want that. And if anybody feels that way, then, you know, I don't think you should work here. <laughs> right. Now now how did you how did you build your business? Because you know, you you graduate I mean you don't know anyone in the beginning. You know people, but it's not like you're a known name and you have to start from somewhere, but you built and you constantly thrive. Did you give yourself personal goals? Did you say, I got to do this? Or did you just say, I have to go out and kick ass? How did you build your business from when you started at Green Tree or a virtual office to now running it on your own where you've got to the level where you don't need a partner and you said, I want it, I'm, I'm ready for this? There's an awful lot of you've got to go out there and kick ass. Uh, no, no doubt about it. I mean, um, when even back when there was a lot of that, you know, I mean, even with my, with my when we first started, it was a ton of that. You know, uh, we didn't have service guys, so we we had another company that we used that was our service arm, but we partnered with them. So everything that we got, they did all the mechanical work, but we were on site. You know, we were on site. We would help train everybody. We would help make sure everything was programmed correctly. When jo Joe and I were there, we would we would we would make sure that we would uh, uh, print out labels and all the all the phones and everybody's names. And we would do all the all the little stuff that that was that was that, that had to touch the customer. You know, and, ha and where, where there were where there was um, um, conversation with the customer and, and teaching them or, or whatever it may be, all the customer service was us. And then at night we'd go. I'd go back to the office and I'd do all the books. So it was like you know I leave the mor in the morning at seven o'clock in the morning and I'd come home at eleven o'clock at night and my wife's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "It's it it's what I got to do, right?" So there was an awful lot of that kind of you know you got to go out there and kick ass mentality and you got to suck it up, Buttercup, because 
you know, that's the way it works. You know, no one's going to do it for you. What's that? What's that? What's that saying? No one's coming to save you. Right. You know, and they're not. They're not. You, you have to save yourself. You've got to get out there and do it yourself. You know, don't worry about what everybody else thinks. Don't worry about what everybody else is telling you. Do it yourself. You know, in your heart, what needs to be done. And you know, if you're not getting it done. So I follow that path. You know, I follow my gut. On most of my life, on most everything I've done, I follow my gut. My gut will tell me, yo, you're being lazy. Yo, you're you're pushing yourself too hard. Yo, you got you got to, You've got to listen to yourself. Otherwise, I'll, 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 let's rewind. When I wanted to be a drummer, when I want, I told you when, when when we interviewed you, I wanted to go to L.A. I want. I, I was. I was decided. I was. I was 19 years old. I wanted to go to Los Angeles. I wanted to be a drummer. I was telling everybody. I'm done. I told my parents I'm leaving the whole nine yards. And um, the, 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 the interesting thing that happened to me was um, I went out on a date with, with, with this girl. Um, and uh, I'm, at, I'm at the movies. And I, I, I get this sudden feeling that I'm, I'm getting warm and I get a little shaky. And we talk about social anxiety. So I'm going to make a deal of this. So And I start to feel funny. I look at the, this girl. I, I barely knew her. I said, listen, I don't feel so hot. I'm going to go get some air. So I walk out of the theater and I start walking down the hallway and that's all I remember. I woke up. So, you know, here I passed out, didn't know why, had no idea. Felt like I, w- I woke up, I was, I was, I was, I felt like I was having a heart attack or something, you know, I was crazy shits going on, you know, and this girl, this girl's got to be thinking, what the fuck's wrong with this guy? Why did I, what did I do? So, and, and as persistent as I am, um, and this is, and, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll plant this word for anybody who's listening, fortitude, fortitude. Remember that word because I think it's the number one word that has gotten me through Everything I have, I've had to ever deal with in my life, good and bad. So, so the next week, I take the same girl to the same theater, to the same movie, thinking, this ain't, this ain't kicking my ass, right? This ain't happening. So, ironically, the same thing happens, except I don't pass out. So, um, uh, so it turns out, it took about three or four months to figure out. At that time, I don't know what year it was because I'm 54 and I was 19 then, so it's a long time ago. People weren't recognizing anxiety or, or, or anxiety, you know, like having a panic attack, that kind of stuff. They weren't recognizing any of that. I had a heart monitor on me for two weeks and three weeks, and they did all kinds of EKGs and all kinds of crazy tests, and only to find out, hey, Tim, you're fine. Yet, I feel like I'm having a heart attack every single day, right? And it was insanity, right? I and mean, it was really, really, really bad. And and weirdly enough, my mom was going through something, and she had a card on the table, and it was for a therapist. And I thought, I didn't tell anybody. I'm like, you know, I, I got to figure out what's going wrong with me because I'm about ready to, you know, go jump off the Walt Whitman Bridge. So I literally take this card. I call them up. I make an appointment. And... I walk in, I meet this woman, she's fantastic, and I said, listen, she goes, what's going on? I give her kind of an idea, and she goes, are you having this? Yep, this, yep, 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 check, 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 check. God, please tell me what's going on, right? She says, you're just having panic attacks, it's not a big deal. She writes me a script, I walk out the door, I go get it, I go down to park, I, I take it, I sit there, three hours later, tops, I feel normal again. So... The, the moral of the story is, at, at that age, it's typical. It's normal at that 19, 20-year age, by the way, 
for anything like this, if you have to, to be a have anxiety kick in in your life because because you're becoming an adult and all this crazy stuff is happening, right? Um, but what I was doing was burning the candle at both ends. I'm working a full time job. I'm I've got the band. I've got all this stuff going on. I'm working these gigs, and you know, you know, and you're out and you're drinking and all that crazy stuff. You're partying, and it it's just. It just it just takes over, and I didn't have a problem by any means. I was pretty normal, you know. I, I'm the type of person I'd go as a drummer, you know. I'd go on stage. Um, I might I might throw back a six pack in a night, no big deal, you know, because you're. I mean, I would come down. I was soaked. I mean, I was I was I was <laughs> I was all in, baby. I was all in back then. But you know, I think the important thing to um, to, to pull out of all this is the, the story is is that. Look, you know, I think that people are um, there's a there's a certain um, what's the word I'm looking for? There's a certain um, stigma. 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 Thank you. There's a certain stigma around anxiety, and I think that people who have any of this anxiety or panic disorder or any kind of uh, social anxiety, which it's kind of all wrapped up in one, it's all the same thing. It's just what level and what things bother you, whatever, that kind of thing. You know, we talked about this when you walk into a room full of people. You know, some days you feel like, oh, I'm on fire, and some days you're like, I just want to go run in the corner and just leave me be, right? So, you know, I think it's important to, to recognize the fact that if you have an issue— um, it's okay, you know? And I want to tell anybody out there, anybody who's got any kind of social anxiety, it's okay, man. Build your toolbox. Well, how, okay. You know, I said earlier, the president of the Woodbury Chamber, mm-hmm. and, you know, you, I met you networking, and you network a lot. And, and you don't put social anxiety and networking together because no. it's, like, it's like, you know, combustion. But so how have you dealt with it because you go out and you said you told me sometimes you feel like you want to go in the corner of the room for me i mean i go i have no problem going in the room i just if i don't like anybody i don't want to deal with them i mean that's just the way it is i mean i've gone to events where i'm like oh i i, I don't want to talk to that person i don't like that person i'm fine with crowds right but that's me i'm just introverted where i don't want to i don't always like to talk, i don't want to i don't have to be the focus of the crowd i i was a performer that yeah. was my focus. I didn't need to build up before that focus. I've been there. I've played thousands of shows, performed. And so, but I, it's fine for me. But for you, when you have social anxiety and for other people who have it, how do you prep yourself to go into an event? And it's funny because you're actually the president of a chamber, which the thing about chambers is I networking. Know. So how have you, how do you prep yourself or how have you overcome that? Because you seem to be doing a good job. Well, I think a I've over the years I've 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 learned to understand it more, you know. And you and you and you have to build up a toolbox that says, look, you know, there's things that you do that 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 puts you in the right mindset to go in and do these things, right? So, you know, I I, I have my own coaches that I use in life, whether you know personal, professional coaches, and the these things are important, and 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 you need to recognize whether or not this is something you need to add to your life. You know, what's the most the most important thing you can you can add value to is yourself. If you don't put money into yourself, you you can go out and buy a, a Maserati and pay you know two grand a month to have own this crazy car, but is that car helping you, you know? But if you were to help yourself, whether it's through coaching or anything else like that, or any mentoring system, to, to help you or a therapist, whatever you want to do, to help you through this stuff and give you ideas of how to handle it, how to deal with it, 
I personally kind of give myself a pep talk. Like, so if I'm walking in somewhere, I go, all right, here we go. Here's where I'm headed. Here's, here's, what, here's, the, here's what the goal is, right? What's the goal? When you walk into a room, what's your goal? You know, you want, you want to meet everybody? That's, that's ridiculous. To think you're going to meet everybody is an ins- insane thought in your head. You sh- in my, for me, and I'm not telling anybody what to do, but I walk in and I, I think to myself, there's, I want to meet a few folks. I want to make sure I say hi to a few folks that, that mean a lot to me or, and that kind of thing. And then you just never know. You know, it, it always turns out that you meet someone else that you've never met before, have a really cool, engaging conversation. And to me, that is networking. That accidental um, introduction that may, may just have been you introducing yourself or just while you were talking to someone else, this person walked up and next thing you know, you're talking to them. And all of a sudden you start to click a little bit and you go, ooh, that's a cool cool person i like this person and and we get along you know so for me i think that um you got to take it all in you got to take it all in pieces and and i try not to encapsulate too many things you know because you can't live your life in a vacuum right so you got to let other things in and you gotta let some things out but i think that you know you gotta you gotta touch a few things in the room when you're in there and talk to a few folks in the room while you're in there, but you do not have to be, like you said, the center of attention. Although there are times when I will, I will make myself the center of attention because you've seen my videos out there and you know, everybody knows I'd like to make videos. Right. But I think that's the fun of it. My goal is to be fun. You know I mean? With the chamber, especially I'll make a video at all of our coffee classes saying, Hey, here we are at this place today. And here's our crowd show everybody and let everybody be in the video because you know, that's the point, right? But that's the key, though. When you do that, though, it you aren't the center because you are the leader. You aren't the center, and that's the difference. That's You're right. sitting there going, "Everybody, be involved." Hey, look, look at hey, these I'm people. Tim, look at these people, and that's the difference. That's the difference between someone who is a leader or someone who goes and is a respected networker than someone who just goes in and says, "Hey, look at me." Well, I don't give a shit about you. That's right. So, so I was going to ask you though, when you do that, you do those things. Since you have social anxiety, when you go to an event and if you meet someone and they're a prick, how do you react to that? Do you get hurt? Because I know I'm a sensitive person. You know, I would sit there when I would get rejected by a guest for for Cooper Talk. I'd be like, "Oh man, I can't believe," and you, you feel down. But how do you do that when you you you've come to the point where you have your toolbox and you meet people and you network and people know you? But when you meet someone, how does that make you feel? Because for me, I get pissed off and then I get hurt. I'm like, well, why don't they want to talk to me? I'm like, it's, you know, how do you deal with that? And how would someone overcome that if they go to an event, if they deal with, well, we both deal with, no one likes to be, you know, but how would you deal with that? I'd say that I think it's your support system. You know, I, I have a really good relationship with my wife that way. You know, you know, my wife is now part of my, my, my company and she networks with me. Um, I, I think I told the story to, uh, to a group of, uh, young people through the Gloucester County Chamber. Um, and they have a, 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 um, a program called The Crew on Deck. And I was telling some of my story, and, and, and I told them that what took me 20 years to figure out, and that's no joke, I've been in business for 25 years now, actually, this, this, this next month. So what took me 20 years to figure out is that my wife is my partner. 
my business partner, my life partner, my everything partner, like everything, you know, and if, and if I can't count on her, I got, you know, I'm screwed. Right. You know, they say a good, there's a good woman behind every, every guy, you know, so, and vice versa. I think there's a good man behind every woman. So, so I think that recognizing and realizing that my wife was my partner was number one. And that was a really cool thing to realize because we did 75 hard together. And that was kind of cool. It kind of opened our eyes again as our daughters are out of college and one's moved out. And we're getting that empty nest thing going on, you know. So we're kind of coming back together again, which is just us, you know. And I think that, you know, I look at it like, you know, I, I, go, to my, I go to my wife first and say, hey, man, what do you think of this? You know, because she's, she's a little thicker skin than I am when it comes to that kind of stuff. Like you said, I'm a little like you. Like someone will say something off and I'm like, the hell's wrong with this person? Like, kind of fucked up, you know? Why would you say something like that? Why would you act that way? Why would you even, why would you even, you know, put yourself out there in that light, like that? You know, I've met people, and I think to myself, really strange, you know, like you know, uh, off-putting, you know. Or, or you, you've done it too, right? You know, you meet someone, you're like, you know, I just, you feel like, you know, either, either, either they don't like you which is fine. You don't need to like me. Not everyone's going to like you. That's cool too. Or um, I think what's worse, worse than someone not liking you is feeling like someone doesn't like you and are kind of out to get you, right? So, so that's the problem. You got you to you push away that whole out to get you business because the, the reality is it doesn't matter. And that's where the, the nice thing about having someone like my wife, so I can go to her, and beyond her, I can go to some to some objective like my coach or coaching people that I'm friends with, and a group that I'm in, like the Harvest. You know the Harvest. So I have a lot of friends in the Harvest, and when something goes wrong, I'll call some of my Harvest friends and like, hey man, seems strange to you, you know? And you know, it's okay to bounce that stuff off of people. It's okay to be vulnerable and say, hey man, this happened. Does this seem strange or what? You know, is it me? Am I getting nuts? But Ultimately, I think you got to be okay with the fact that not everybody's going to like you and not everybody's going to think that, you know, um, not, everybody, not everybody's going to think the same way you do about you as you do. You know, you and I probably look at each other and go, I'm good with me, right? I feel pretty good, you know? I think I've, I've, I've come a long way and I've, I've, I've put in the work, you know? And I feel like my company's doing well. I feel like my family's doing well. I feel like, you know, I have some good friends and, and I feel good about life. And I think you got to be comfortable in your own skin to, to be able to move forward and not worry about whether, you know, Susie, Joey, Johnny, or whoever the hell it is, you know, is, is digging you. You know, and if they don't, hey, man, that's cool. You know, it was nice meeting you. And onward and upward. You know, I got to move past that shit. It's not worth it. I mean, I, that's it for me. You know, I mean, I, especially with what I got going on. You know, like I said, with social anxiety, I cannot invest myself in in trying to fix all that. And my wife will tell you that I try to <laughs> I try to fix everything. You know, my whole my whole purpose, I think, uh, as a human, uh, is is to help anybody with damn near anything. And I tend to say yes to way too many things um, and get myself in way too deep. So, well, that's a good thing, though. I mean, we want to be that way. Now, now, one final question. What's the future for Tim Jennings? You know, what is, I mean, not, I mean, you have so many things, you know, the Telecorp, you have Harvest, you have Chamber, you know, but what's the future for you? I mean, are you sitting there, you seem like the type of guy that, it's like, was well, because when you were a drummer and entertainers have this in their blood, you're one of those people that's not going to retire. I mean, it's like people always go, well, why are they doing, you know, on stage when they're 80? And it's like, because they love it. I heard an interview with Springsteen who said, you know, he played with Pete Seeger 
this land is my land. He played at the White House and Seeger was 91. And because it's like, that's what you know. And I think it's like entertainers are like networkers. That's what you know, business. So what do you see unfolding in the next few years for you? Are you going to bring your daughter into business? Are you going to, I mean, I know she, she works, she does marketing and stuff like that. But what is, what is your, what are your goals in the next few years? That'd be a big goal. So A, I tried to hire my daughter before she got her first job with this job with Elmer Bank. And she said, no, she won't work. She won't work with me because, because she says that I never shut off and, and, and she's not wrong. You know, I mean, and kudos to her for having the uh, foresight to, to realize that dad, like your point is my wheels are always spinning a hundred percent. My wife says it all the time. And anybody that knows me and is around me is like, dude, what are you thinking right now? Like your wheels, are, my wheels are constantly spinning. What's next? What's next? What's next? What's next? And if they're not, you better start spinning your wheels because, because someone else is going to think of it before you do. And then you're going to be in, you're going to be left behind. So. What's next for me is, uh, I think, Telecorp is rebranding, so uh, I'll announce it here. I haven't really publicly announced it to anyone. I've been kind of slowly rolling it out. You may be seeing it. But Telecorp Inc. has now become Telecorp Technologies. Uh, and so, so you've heard it here first. And um, it's because we, are, we started as a phone company and became an IT company, and now it's all one thing. Now we're just a tech company, right? Anyone who does IT, anyone that does phones, anyone anyone who does anything involving tech, printers, all of it, it's all tech, you know? So, so I want to focus on Telecorp being a straight-up tech company. And the reason I didn't get rid of the word Telecorp is because we it took me and my original partner a long time to come up with that those two words. And ironically, in the middle of the 25 years, it didn't really work. But it works again now, because think about it: where, where you do all your business, phone. You damn right you do. So it's it's all on your cell phone or on your iPad or some mobile device, right? So uh, you can say what you want, but that's still a telephone, right? So I think it brings all the technology together, and and the, the whole idea was we were trying to be telephones and a corp and and work with corporations. We wanted to be a commercial telecom company. And that was the where the name came from. So I think as we move forward, Telecorp itself, uh, the whole goal will be to, uh, I think over the next five years, I think we'll probably try to, there's 10 of us now. I'd like to see us double in size. And and I'm not going to lie. I don't, I don't know how much further I want to go. I mean, the, in size, I like the idea of being small and mighty. That's pretty cool. So that's my plan for Telecorp. And then, look, you know, if and if and if Kristen wants to come along for the ride, then she'll have to let me know. Um, but uh, we'll see what happens with that. But what what's really more fun than even than that, you know, the fun part about all this stuff has been walking and talking with Tim. So that, like you said, it's it's such a, a neat thing to do that is not monetized, but yet I get to know everybody. And most of the people I've asked to, to do the show, I don't even know them. I've reached out to most of these people. They've never met me. I said, this is what I'm doing. Here's an example. You want to do it? They, they come out. They do it. And they're like, that was fun. I'm like, absolutely. And the next thing, I get, I get somebody else. And they, they refer somebody, that kind of thing. So that's growing. And that's going to grow into something cool. I'm actually working on some stuff with, um, I don't know if you guys know Nor'easter Nick. Him and I are going to do something together come spring. And we're going to have an event. It's going to be fun. It's going to be all about fun. You know, 
I can't announce it yet because I don't have a time and place yet, but we're going to be doing something really cool. It's going to be a fun day, and I hope everyone, when I when I get to finally announce it, I hope everybody comes out, you know. Um, but the whole goal is to have a day about 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 you, you know, about people, you know, and, and it's about not just what, not just improving, um, you know, your home life, but your business life and your, and your, your mental state and all that kind of stuff. I, I want people, I want to empower people to come out and go, Hey man, I dig the fitness stuff. You talked about 75 hard, you know, I've done 75 hard, uh, uh three times. And it's the last time I didn't tell you this yet, but I just failed last week. I, I forgot to take a picture. So if you forget to do one thing 75 hard, you have to start all over again. So that's how it works. Anyway, but um, so the whole point is to get people to come out and, and, and think about, you know, hey, I want to I feel better through fitness. I want to feel better through um, getting my mental state better. I want to feel better through getting my act together through my, 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 my job or where I work or how I'm working, all that stuff, and be able to integrate with everyone else around them and, and be able to talk about all those things and open up and be vulnerable and go, hey, man. Well, who do you know? Or, hey, man, what do you know? Or, hey, man, how can you help me? Or and maybe the things that we bring to the event can also be things that will help folks, you know, take a next step. That excites, that truly excites me. I get pumped about that. Yes. Well, that's awesome, man. I, I want to, well, first of all, how can people find Walking and Talking with Tim? What's the best way to find you and give all your, your business info and all the Walking and Talking so people can follow you and catch up with you and see what's going on? So yes, I mean, I mean, follow um, Walking to Talk with Tim on Instagram. You can find me on obviously on Facebook and LinkedIn for sure. You know, um, I'm all over it. But uh, you can also follow Telecorp Technologies on all three as well. And that's I think that's pretty much it. I mean, I don't think there's any other uh, outlets just yet. Uh, uh, my stuff will be showing up on um, on Nor'easter Nick's uh, webpage and his channel. We just talked the other day, and we are going to be uh, he is going to be putting out my my uh, content uh, through his uh, medium. So that's going to be fun too. Cool. Well, people, so go check it out. Can you go find my episode? I'm walking, <laughs> I'm talking. I got my Coop Tank shirt. Uh, you can find my past episodes of the Coop Tank at thecooptank.podbean.com or go to Spotify, Amazon Music, or iHeartRadio. Also, my other podcasts, I've done over 935 celebrity interviews. You can go to coopertalk.net. If you want to get in touch with me, email me. Cooper at the, oh, what is it? I screwed up. It's the Coop Tank <laughs> at yahoo.com. I'm thinking it's the Coop Tank at yahoo.com. If you want to get interviewed, if you want to have an interview and you want to get the video, we will do it. I'll bring you into the studio. We'll do a 30 to 45 minute interview. You have it for your social content. It's amazing. And come December, if you want to sponsor the Coop Tank, three month sponsorship will get you actually an episode of the Coop Tank. So you'll be in between someone like Tim Jennings and uh, Dave Raymond, and that'll look pretty cool on your resume. So I wanna thank everyone who's listening. I wanna thank Joe Ganjemi, the most kick-ass producer out there. I'm Steve Cooper, and check us out next week. <laughs>